welcome to the Nintendo Pride Podcast, episode 25, and I am Nathaniel Ruffeljans, your host, joined as always by Mr. Eric Moore. How's it going? And this week we have only three topics to talk about, but they have multiple parts to each topic, and a lot of this is because there was a Nintendo Direct last week. Now, we technically did our very first ever Nintendo Prime Reacts video. You were not part of that, Eric. I am sorry. No. But 5J Gaming joined us. And there was a lot of comments after that video that some people would like us to add some more voices to the podcast. Not just us two all the time. Or <laughs> us two all the time plus more people. And that makes sense. A lot of podcasts well, right, right, have three yeah. people, four people, five. Uh, and obviously, we don't have enough in-person friends that care enough about Nintendo to, to have them here. Otherwise, I would love to set them all up here and, and oh, do yeah, like a big, sure. big in-person podcast like we did at Zelda Informer back in yeah. the day when we were at uh, E3 last year. But uh, what I can tell you is I am in talks with a few people on trying to get at least a regular third voice or a rotating third voice every week, whether it's Darren, whether it's 5J Gaming, whether it's Daniel, which some of our people on YouTube will know from some videos he's done, or whether it's someone that, you know, a guest, Mason of Delfino, who we've had in the past, HMK, who hasn't yeah. been on this podcast yet, but... Uh, we, we have, I'm, I'm putting some feelers out there because I get it. You know, sometimes you want to hear someone else's voice on this channel besides just me rambling nonstop all the time and Eric going, all right. Yep. I all agree. right. Giggity, giggity. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we're just going to hop right into it. And the first time we're going to talk about is arms and we're not going to talk about the Nintendo direct stuff because as I said, we kind of covered all that in the reactions to it. But we are going to talk about some stuff that wasn't in the Direct. And part of this is the fact that there was an in-person event where media got to actually play the game for a significant amount of time. There's a bunch of footage of it out now on, on YouTube. And uh, one media in particular that everyone always looks forward to playing these games is Digital Foundry from Eurogamer. Because Digital Foundry, they do tech analysis. So they aren't necessarily looking to review the game and tell you this is how good the game is. Rather, they look at how good well it runs. Mm-hmm. They, 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 do, they count pixels. They count frame rates. They, they look at draw distance. They look at anti-aliasing and shadow work and lighting. and They, they kind of break down all of that stuff. And so for people who care about you know having the, te- the most technically impressive game possible, that's something that you go to Digital Foundry and trust their, generally trust their opinion on. Uh, and... They sat down with ARMS and got to record an hour and a half of direct feed footage. So this is all based on the docked version, not necessarily what's on handheld. Which, again, handheld is also hard to judge because there's no way to get a direct feed of handheld mode. Not even Nintendo themselves has a direct feed of handheld. Really? So, huh? it is what it is. Now, what we learned is some very interesting things. For starters... Get into the really, really, really good stuff. If you're going to be playing ARMS by yourself in your house all the time or against people online by yourself, generally if no one else is ever going to use split screen with you and it's always going to be you on a single screen, this game is going to run at 1080p, 60fps, or 720p, 60fps in handheld. That is awesome. Full te- full HD, which is the max the system can output, plus 60fps, smooth 60 fps zero dips in their hour and a half of footage there wasn't even one frame dropped anywhere or a half frame or anything that is beyond impressive and that's across all modes now the exception to the 60 fps rule is if there is a four player split screen on a single system Mm -hmm. now there are modes in arms that support four players uh the 2v2 mode specifically so in that case the resolution not only gets cut to 900p, it 
cuts the frame rates down to 30 FPS. And like in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, when you have the four-player split screen, it's one side up, 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 like the left side, I believe, updates one frame, and then the right side updates a frame later. And it's not really that noticeable, but it is very noticeable that you are no longer running. So like basically what, what is happening is the whole screen's still refreshing at 60 FPS, but each individual player's screen is only only refreshing at 30. So... I know that for, for non-tech people, that doesn't mean much. But essentially, <laughs> gameplay-wise, it's very noticeable since the rest of the time you play the game, it's at 60 FPS. And dropping down to 30 in those instances in very hectic situations didn't feel that great, they noted. However, again, that is just on a single system. So if you're doing four-player and you have two players on one Switch, two players on another Switch, not a problem. Everyone's running at 60 FPS. Now, I did note the 900p point. Anytime you are in split screen at all in ARMS, it runs at 900p. And obviously, as I said, 720p undocked because that's the max that can do. So, it's interesting that... uh, Here's why this matters. This is the first full AAA game made exclusively for Nintendo Switch hardware. It's not a port. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild was a port. port. Yep. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was a port. And as impressive as those games may be, none of them have anything to do with what the max possible capabilities of the system are. And ARMS might not even either. But it's really interesting that what they did, and this I wish more developers would do this, is they targeted, they basically said, look, we're going to try to keep this game at 60 FPS all the time that we possibly can. They couldn't pull it off in four-player, but they're like, look, we're going to keep it at 60 FPS as much as we can. So we're just going to cut resolution. And I think that's a smart move because we're talking about a fighting game. Precise button presses, precise... Even, you know, in this game with the motion controls, precise motions and flicks and, right. and, and right. you know, even button presses involved and all that. Like, there's a lot of precise move, move moments where if a frame drops, that can mean the difference between your victory or your defeat if it didn't drop for the other player. Yeah. And it depends on what you were doing at the time. So, it's I love that they said, look, we're going 60 FPS. It's going to be 60 FPS. We're just going to drop resolution. And I almost wish in, in four-player split screen they would have dropped the 720p. But I think the reason that they said, look, we're going to keep it at 900 is because it's four-player split. you got to, like, pixel density. You don't want it to, like, be, like, noticeably worse quality-wise. Right, right. Because you're talking about 720 720p split across four things i know yeah i'm having a hard time talking uh so getting into into this bunch like are you impressed by this or is it just what you expected because this is the mario kart 8 deluxe team making this or mario kart 8 team sorry deluxe was was made by a separate group oh really okay um yeah that is actually kind of impressive that they were able to get that much out of this game you know for being the first major title that is strictly a switch release so, it, it, how do I want to put this? <laughs> it, it's impressive. It is actually very impressive that they can have this be the way it is, except for in, like, one certain circumstance. Yeah, so, and there's breakable environments. Uh, they noted that there does seem to be some sort of aliasing going on, which, 
for Nintendo, that's like a first. Nintendo does not use anti-aliasing like in either games. Even Mario Kart 8 Deluxe does not have it. So if you look closely at the edges of the characters and the models and everything, you can notice some jaggies. And in this game, you don't really notice them that much, which means there's something, some sort of post-processing going on. And uh, that's just, that's great. Like, the lighting's great. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things you can kind of tell it's the Mario Kart 8 team because it kind of feels like their style. But it's so stylistic in how they approached it that it doesn't, it, it's definitely not Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is going to kind of lead into the next point because during the Direct, they announced three new characters and all these new stuff. And I just want to know what oh, there's ten I believe ten playable characters oh, at launch. I gotta yeah, there's so. ten playable characters at launch. They're gonna release more post-release content and stuff. Right. Treat it like Splatoon, yeah, of course. But I want to know, Eric. Yep. I know that you are still on the fence with Arms about getting it. So it, like you might get it someday. Yeah, yeah. It, but day, day one, one it, it's not sure. Not sure. Just depending now, on if I have the cash in the bank now, at the time. It, there's so. the, there's the money issue, and also next weekend. Or this upcoming weekend, they're gonna have a global test fire where we could try it. Or, really? I'm sorry, global test punch. Test fire is for. Something. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. So, really? So we'll we'll get a chance to try it out next weekend. Nice. So, again, we'll be able to see if it really is all it's cracked up to be, at least from what they allow us to play of it. Now, what I wanted to know though, what is your favorite character design? There, because these designs are highly unique for these they characters. They are. They are. I, to be honest, I actually do really like them all. Well, but no, right, right, no, no, no. That that's that's just I mean, one thing. But I think I like all uh, sports, but I still have favorites. Well, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I think I like Master Mummy the most. Why's it, that? It's just I don't know. It's just it's the, the mummy. The mummy. It, it's kind of awesome. Uh, he's big, bulky, you know, and then it, it reminds me kind of a of a Mumu from League of Legends mm. a little bit. Okay. Okay. So. And I, I like playing a Mumu, so. Um, I know my sister, I had to actually ask her and showed her the, the list of the characters. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Mechanica? Yeah. Uh, she likes that because it, it looks like a yellow version of Baymax from uh, Big Hero 6. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And she's the so. only one who, so, fun, they kind of gave some backstory in arms during the direct, and essentially it's, we don't know what happened, these people just woke up with it someday, one day, and had these oh. arm things, it's really weird. Okay, and interesting. And she, that one that your sister likes... She is the only one that did not wake up and have anything funky going on. No. She was actually that She way. built a robot. Oh, okay. To compete. Oh, actually, you know, that actually makes sense because yeah. looking at her, yeah. looking at everybody else, they are actual human body where it looks like... She's in a robot She's suit. in a robot suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to sound like a total sellout on this one, but it's only because I, I can't believe Nintendo did it. So I'm gonna say my favorite character. Oh, it's a toss-up. I really like Helix a lot. Really, really, really like Helix. It's some failed science experiment that is a green blob that just can bend and twist and do all these funky oh, things. Okay, yeah. But he's probably gonna end up being my favorite at the end of the day. Yeah. But I gotta go with Twintella. Yeah. And it's impressive there too. One, she's the only one who uses her hair instead of her arms. So like something funky oh, happened yeah, to her yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, two, she's apparently like. Super, super famous. That, that's like her backstory. Okay. She's super famous. Nice. And three, she is thick. <laughs> she is thick. And the thing is, it I don't really care that she is, but it's the fact that Nintendo put a character in that is so obviously thick. And it's not just that they put her in. If you go back and you watch the direct and the footage, they clearly show off her <clears throat> assets. Aha. Uh-huh. Which Nintendo does not typically do. 
Uh-huh. Um, like, this is all Bayonetta style, kind of, <laughs> in a way. Um, and it's probably part of her personality, I'm assuming. Like, she, she's thick. She knows it. She's proud of it. She's a famous singer or something like that. So, like, whoa, yeah. Like, who cares? But I just can't believe Nintendo did it. So, like, just for the pure decision of Nintendo's the team in Japan to be like, look, we're going to put in a colored character that is thick mm-hmm. and owns her sexiness. It's kind of a... Hey, good on them. What, like... I know there's a lot of you know social justice warriors and feminists that would be like, oh, we don't want women represented this way. Like, do women exist in this way? It, right, exactly. So, it, um, it's just what, because all, all the people I see excited about it seem to be males, and it's like, well, yeah, I get it. Oh, right, but it's like, but she's not like overly sexualized. She just has a big butt, yeah, and she's proud of it. Or, the, well, the thing is though, too, is would you rather see all these stick figures that are constantly all over gaming? They they complain about that all the time. But then you actually get one that has semi-decent human proportions, and now you're gonna bitch about that. Well, Excuse it's because they're focusing on her assets. That's uh, the yeah, problem. But, uh, Sexualizing her. Uh, but you know, it's I know, and the thing is, we're two men, so yeah, our opinions right. are automatically dismissed. It's right. just the way it is. Right. It's just like the argument that um, I've heard that some people of certain uh, races, where they're like. Oh, you're white, so everything you say is automatically dismissed, and I'm just like, that's racism. Yeah, that's racism <laughs> right there. You're literally yeah. like, you can't sit there and be like, I'm not a racist, but because you're white, you're right. You're like your, your opinion doesn't count. Yeah, right. Just, yeah, that's not how that works. We're, we're all people. Right. Exactly. So, people like, I'm happy that Nintendo did this because it's showing a. Nintendo doesn't have a lot of characters that are overly sexualized in the first place. So, right. like, they're one of the least companies for you to go after to be like, well, we're mad because all your characters are this way. They're not. Yeah. So the fact that oh, Nintendo sure. has one in this game like that is sweet. Like, I- I'm just glad that Nintendo's recognizing that people are diverse and we need to start including some of that diversity in our games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm really proud of that character. Again, I think Helix will probably be my favorite, but we'll see. When the game comes, you know, when the game comes out, we'll get to actually. Helix is one of the characters we can play with during the okay. during the test. Uh, we can't play with her, so. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. New release, kind of. But so. we'll see. Uh, you can't launch just not during the well, just right, not right, during their test. Right. So that's just kind of my take on that. Uh, shall we move on to our next topic? Sure. Because <laughs> I, I mean, do you have yeah. anything else you want to say about Arms? You know, I don't know if you even saw the direct. No, I week. didn't. I didn't watch the direct. You got to give me more heads up on this, <laughs> so then I can actually. You got to pay more attention. Uh, yeah, there's that. If you just visited NintendoProprime.net, yeah. you would know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you oh. are a co-host on the Nintendo Prime podcast. You can visit the site. Right, I'm out of here every day. Every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So don't blame me. I'm a busy man. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, no, I have nothing else to say on that. So we're good. <laughs> So our second topic, I believe, is about Splatoon 2. And in particular, uh, this is actually partially a... Well, this is exactly a reaction to the Nintendo Direct. Because at the end of the Nintendo Direct, we talked about, they, they talked about Splatoon 2. They had a trailer for the single-player mode in Splatoon 2. And we didn't talk about it much in our reactions because, naturally, we talked a lot about ARMS. So, you saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I need more information. Well, I never really played. Splatoon I know you didn't play one, the original. So, but well, I'm kind of. I mean, the game looks amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of need a little bit more. I think background knowledge. I think for 
me to completely make any sort of, I guess, valid judgment. Interesting. See, the, the reason I say that is because the only thing in that trailer that you would need any background information on is Marie, the character who said she's a squid sister at the, at the beginning. Okay. Because that's from oh, the original Splatoon. Yeah. See, everything, well, every, but everything else is yeah. just showing gameplay of the single-player mode. There's no right. story in there. So what, what okay. background well, do you need? Well, no, that, that, I guess, gives me my background. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it yeah. looks like a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. It really does. Um, probably something I will buy day one. Um, so, uh, I'm definitely getting yeah. Splatoon 2 day Right, one. right. Arms, I don't have pre-ordered yet, but after I'm, I'm betting after the test fire next week, I'll be like, all right, yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry, test punch. Uh, <laughs> I think it looks great. Now, I played the original Splatoon, played the single player, and I liked the single player in the original Splatoon, but it was very, it felt almost bare bones. It was kind of a mm. almost almost an extended tutorial uh, teaching you extra techniques. Or afterthought. And, no, I, nope. I don't think it was an afterthought. I just nope. think it was one of those things where we need to focus on the core elements that makes Splatoon what it is. Okay. But we want to have something for people who don't want to hop online right away to do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna make this single-player mode. And the reason I say that is because the final boss in the single-player mode in the original Splatoon is probably one of my favorite boss fights of all time. Really? Like, across all games. Wow. Uh, I'm not saying it's like the hardest fight ever. It's just so much fun. The combination of skill sets that that you don't realize heading into it, you were just accumulating during the single player that you had no idea really mattered until you played multiplayer. Just to how they used it with that boss fight was just extremely fun. Won't spoil it for you in case you ever get a chance to go back and play the first Splatoon. Yeah, I gotta. At least a single player. Why Wii U first? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. Unless they decide to port it. Yeah. Anyways, huh? come on, Nintendo, uh, get on that. <laughs> so Splatoon two. This single-player mode, from what we have seen, I think it looks crazy. Because what they did in the original Splatoon is prove that that concept of how the game works can work as a platformer is basically what happened in single-player. And the single-player mode this time looks way more insane. They're doing so much more stuff. Like, like, I thought I knew everything. And they're flipping the script. The enemies, the variety, the projectiles flying your way, the layout of the maps... Everything looks ten times crazier than in the first Splatoon. And I actually think that this this mode is going to... I think it's called Hero Mode. I don't know why they're calling it Hero Mode. but no. uh, Maybe it's because you're a hero. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think it's because you're yeah. obviously trying to save her, like her squid sister. Yeah. Um, anyways. But it's interesting... To me, in a way that I feel like they have put a lot of time into this mode, way more than in the first game. I feel like it might be two, three, even four times as long as the first game's mode. And it definitely looks, it could be ten times more fun. I'm interested what the boss fights are going to be like, but it's like, when people say, oh, 3D platforming is that, play Splatoon 2, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, it's not classified, it's a shooter. It's not classified as a 3D platformer, but I'm telling you, play that single player mode. This has me pumped. Like, I think this is... I know some people were let down by ukulele. I think this has like that ukulele feeling to it, with not necessarily the comedy, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the quality of the platforming. I'm not saying this is not better than. It might not even be better overall than ukulele. It might not be better than you know Super Mario Odyssey. Obviously, it's built around this concept, but it looks like a fun, worthwhile side dish to the main experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pumped because I love the single player in the first game, and I oh man, this looks good. This looks good. Uh, 
What was the second part of Splatoon we were talking about? There was something uh, else. Game Freak. What? The Game Freak case. The Disc Freak case. The... Go, go, okay. go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. You yeah. introduced the topic. Yeah. Uh, in Japan, they're actually selling cases with download codes in them and without the actual cartridges. Yep. In addition to that, they're also selling uh, Splatoon 2 bundle. Like, you can buy a Switch with Splatoon 2 included, and it has... Uh, different color Joy-Cons, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, yep so I didn't see that one. To match the colors of the, of the squid inklings. Sorry. Yeah. They're called inklings. And then uh, they're also releasing in Japan, and I think Europe as well, a pro controller that is themed to Splatoon 2 as well. And hmm. also e- each of the grip parts of it are, are like the just like the That's colors, it. but yep. also on like the pad part in the middle, it's got like a squid thing going on on, oh, on, on, on the on it it looks phenomenal and i didn't see that one. none of yeah. that is it's all it's all in that one post none of that is coming to north america of course now i don't really care about the people who want to own the box but have a digital code to download it yeah i don't really care about that maybe it's a big thing in japan right um, it, where mean, people just want to have the box, but they don't care about having the game, the lug around. Right. They just right. want that on their shelf in their collection. Right, exactly. It's it's one thing to add to a collection, but you don't have to worry about losing a cartridge. Yeah. Especially so. for a game like Splatoon 2, where this isn't Madden or Call of Duty. It's not like there's a new one coming out all the time. Right. That you're going to want to sell it off. Like right. This is a game you generally... Like the original Splatoon, unless you were selling your Wii U and your games to buy a Switch... There's no reason to really get rid of Splatoon. Splatoon 2 doesn't replace Splatoon. Yeah. So, uh, now, I really want that Pro Controller. And there is, like, I think on the Germany, Amazon, you're able to order it and have it shipped to North America if you want, obviously paying ridiculous well, international right, shipping right. fees. By the time you get it, you're probably paying double what it, what it would have cost if they just had it here. And I understand that, you know, Splatoon 2 is or Splatoon in general, is just bigger in Japan. Maybe maybe it's even bigger in Europe than it is here. I have no idea. But I feel like... I feel like it's a missed opportunity for Nintendo to not release it in North America because yeah. it's, it's not just that they're missing out on sales for people who, who might want it. It's that Nintendo's had no problem running limited runs of things. Right, right. Um, hello, NES Classic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what's wrong with running a limited run of them here? Say, say you only make, like, 5,000 of them, and you bring it here, you just see if people want them. And if pre-orders sell out, you're like, okay, well, we need to bring more to North America. Right, right. Uh, and, and who knows? You know, maybe if Splatoon 2 sells really, really, really well or better than they expected, maybe they will bring it over. You, you, you never know. Yeah, I know. But it still sucks it's not there to do Oh, right. For sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, d- d- I mean, definitely. It, it offers literally no advantage over my, my pro controller I already have. It's just... Really cool looking. Like, it's one of those things where, okay, Nintendo's, the way that they're going to be offering their theme systems is clearly now laid out. That's something, you know, maybe we can get into a little bit too. They're going to, for for certain games, they're going to color the Mm Joy-Cons. Okay, ARMS is getting neon yellow. For okay, yep, that makes sense. For the Splatoon two, you know, it's got it's the, the two, green whatever, and pink. I think it's green and pink. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so for other games they release, so Mario, I'm sure will have right. ha- have have a With certain the, type, different type of red than the neon, yep. or or maybe they'll you know maybe they'll throw they'll, Mario eyes on yeah. it or something. Who knows? But yeah. we haven't seen that yet. It's just been colors. Uh, and then I think that. At least from what we've seen with Splatoon 2 with the Pro Controller, that's where you're going to see the really cool custom jobs. Mm-hmm. Because if you look, and I'll throw an image up here for you folks on the video version, if you look at that Pro Controller Splatoon 2 version, it's like 
that's impressive looking stuff. That looks like a premium collector's product right there. Actually worth the price of that. Actually, of, co- yeah. but the problem is it costs seventy bucks. <laughs> right, but but, but again, yeah. it's a full it's a full controller. You're not you know you're not talking about just this throwaway item. Um, it's something that you might actually use after you're done with Splatoon two for other games. Uh, so it, it's really cool. I the the fact that it's so cool is why I'm sad and it's not coming here. It also makes me sad we didn't get like a Breath of the Wild version of it. Oh, it would have been sweet. Sick. Like just thinking of like how they could have themed it in different ways. Oh yeah. Uh, but it it is what it is. I just I think Splatoon two is gonna blow up bigger than Splatoon ever was. Uh, maybe not initially because there's not enough switches on the market, mm-hmm. but I think it's gonna have that longevity to it. That when people buy a Switch this holiday for Mario or whatever, uh, and they grab Zelda, and they grab Mario Kart, Splatoon 2 could be that next game they grab, too. Oh, for sure. I can definitely see that. So, and, and hopefully ARMS as well. We don't know yet. ARMS, yep. Arms doesn't technically yep. have an audience for us to know. We know Splatoon sold like 4 million copies, so we know there's already an audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I'm just really excited for Splatoon 2, and I, God, I want that Pro Controller so bad. So bad. Um, if you want cool stuff like that here in North America, folks, buy Splatoon 2. Because, or buy ARMS as well. Like, buy games that are high quality from Nintendo uh, that you want to see these original products made and brought over here. Because they just don't think there's a big enough market to bring it here. Right. Which, they might be right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the North American Splatoon numbers off the top of my head here. But the Wii U didn't do well here, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it just looks so good. You, you just got to get it over there I'm, I'm like, enough to make them. I'm about ready to foam at the mouth. I'm so excited over that thing. And I'm and I'm not importing it. I'm not paying, you know, an extra 70 bucks to get it. But I I, I want it. Um, Man, I guess we should move on, huh? Yeah, do you have yeah. any other thoughts on Splatoon 2? No, I really don't. But it does look fantastic i think you're gonna so, love it i think yeah. if you were to play more of the original you would yeah I, I mean i liked what i played of it so well, yeah well, yeah like, if but you had a probably, wii u you might have picked I, it up but. oh yeah i probably would have um i probably only played maybe hour hour and a half of it total yeah. so that's how limit that's how limited i am on it so but that's it's kind fun of, also yeah it is fun i that's all that's why, why you know like that, that that's the thing it's like arms brand new concept new ip no one's ever played Splatoon, you've actually played a little bit of, so you already know I love what it does. Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those games that I always thought, this is right up Eric's alley if he had the system to play it on. Right. Um, you know, it's just like Smash. We know Smash is up your alley, so when it came to 3DS, of course you were going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Of course you were going to pick up Mario Kart 7. Like, yep. You know, it's just another one of those games that if you have the platform, you're oh, going to get it. I'm going to get it, and yeah. you have the platform. Right. It might even be... Your second game ever purchased for? Yeah, it's a definite possibility because <laughs> you don't have Mario Kart Eight Deluxe yet. Yet, nope, so, not yet. Um, I can see that is, maybe that is, picking that up down the yeah, road. Yeah, that is definitely. I think on the on the uh, uh, to uh, get on the agenda. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you played it with me. It's Mario Kart Eight, you know, it's good. Right. Oh, for sure. It's fantastic. Yeah. Pretty pretty Tetris is also fantastic. That is also true. <laughs> that that might be on the list too. Oh, I love that game. Uh, it also helps that you know if you really want a game, I can borrow it to you because I have such a vast library, a vast of library, uh-huh. physical library of games. <laughs> you seem so fancy. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. So, what was our third topic? Sonic. Sonic Forces. Oh boy. So we learned some cool things about Sonic Forces. Got some new footage. Got. Insight into something Sonic has never done before. 
They are letting us make our own characters. Say what? Now, oh my God, video games making your own characters. How original. This is akin. It is, this actually. Is, this is akin to Mario letting you make your own character. Uh-huh. Akin to Zelda being like, hey, here's a character creator. Go to town. Yep. Uh, this is not something that you would ever expect out of Sonic. Right. Now, Sonic has always had a history of adding new characters, shoehorned in, yada, yada, that don't work over the years and don't stick with the franchise. But this is different because Mm -hmm. this is a Mm character-created character that they've already gotten into the game no matter how you create it and how how it's going to work. And they show gameplay of one of the the type of characters that looked really, really good. It looked more like a classic Sonic level setup, the 2D side-scrolling. But with its own twist, like with the whip and just different ways to traverse the world, like it, it looked really fun. This looked like, you know, with Sonic Boom when they tried to like make other characters come in and do all these things. Like this looks like what Sonic Boom probably should have been. <laughs> um, not a beat 'em yeah, up, yeah, right. platforming weird yeah. thing that it was. Uh, but they really nailed it, I think, with mm-hmm. this character creator. And mm-hmm. I know that there's some people that think, oh great, now all these people that are making their own. Sonic characters on Deviant Art uh, are gonna get their say, and it's all ridiculous, and all the all the fan fiction that's gonna come out of this. Like, so what? what? Exactly. It's not like Sonic game. Okay, it's not like Sonic games have been like this big, massive, you know, ten plus million seller every time it's come out over the past twenty years. Yeah, right. Let's be honest about the Sonic franchise. If it didn't team with Mario for Sonic and Mario at the Olympics, I don't know that Sonic would even still be around. Right. Nintendo is kind of saving Sonic. Yeah. Now, obviously, Sonic Forces is coming out on all the platforms, all the major platforms, so it's not like an exclusive, but still, it's one of those things where, let's just be honest, Sonic hasn't had a lot of relevance outside of Nintendo. Like, Nintendo got Sonic Lost World, and that was a decent Sonic game. Parts of it were great. Parts of it were not so great. But the point is, is that if it wasn't for that game, the lasting memory that we'd have of Sonic right now is Sonic Boom, Mm -hmm. and that wasn't good. So it's like we need to understand that Sonic is not a highly successful franchise right now. It's got it's a long-standing franchise. It, it to me it's almost I hate saying this Nintendo fans are really going to kill me. It's like Metroid. Uh-huh. Metroid has never had a game sell more than like 4.5 million copies. Mm-hmm. And the average game sales per Metro game release is like 1.5 billion. It's not that much. There's indie games that are series that sell consistently higher than Metroid does. Uh, just to put that in perspective, that right. doesn't mean that Metroid's not fantastic. Right, right. It's a very niche game. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that side-scrolling or 3D platformers, that's not really a niche genre. That's a highly popular genre. And the fact oh, that Sonic sure. hasn't been able to sell very well, and it tells mm-hmm. you they haven't been making very good games. Well, that's also because they've strayed from the side-scrolling 2D. And, and yes, there are other good games. Again, but on the Nintendo platform, it's like, like Sonic Generations. It's awesome on 3DS. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, what was that one that was just absolutely beyond terrible? Wasn't it like Sonic 2000? Sonic 06. Yeah, Sonic, Sonic 06. 06. That was what that started the massive downturn. Yeah. Another Sonic Adventures. And, yeah. Uh, I know they, Sonic they, 06 was just absolutely they, they, there's been a lot of There's terrible. been a lot of bad Sonic games. And, I, and there are some people that like them. Like, some people just like bad games. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Like, no, that's, that's fine. I, I, like, but, I like bad movies, apparently. No. Like, yeah. that's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> like, whatever. People like what they like. They exist for a reason. There are people that like it. But... Sonic isn't this franchise that I feel like is so holy that you can't do this to. Mm-hmm. Because it needs yeah. a kick in the butt. Oh, yeah, it needs to reinvent itself, I think. 
And it's funny because in reinventing itself, it's just doing what it's always done so far, from what we've seen. Right. 2D side scrolling. Right. But doing it right. Right. Exactly. Like, like people want it to be. Uh, now that doesn't mean there won't be 3D like levels. We don't know. We don't know everything about Sonic Forces yet. We'll find out a ton of E3, but just the character creator stuff. It looks really, really interesting, really fun. A way to reinvigorate the series and the fact that it's not like it's this instead of Sonic. You still have New Age Sonic and Classic Sonic mixed into the mix, and you'll be playing as those two as well in their own stages. Yeah. So you're still getting Sonic. It's still very much a Sonic game. But it's just they're introducing this extra element to it that I think is really going to appeal to people. Mm-hmm. And I am stoked. Mm-hmm. I think it looks good. I mean, the Sonic Forces look good to you? Uh, I was never a gigantic Sonic fan, mm-hmm. but it does look it does look like it's fun. I don't know if I actually will purchase it or not, but it'll be something that I would definitely play. I mean, to try it out. Well, I, I liken it like this. You have the side-scrolling Mario games. Versus a game like Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Odyssey, you're more likely, you, li- you like those 3D platformers. You mm-hmm. like the Super Mario Odyssey, the Super Mario 64. Oh, yeah. You're a hell of a lot Super more likely Mario to pick 64 up. Mario 64 was probably one of my favorite games. Yeah. Like, you're more likely to pick up that than you are, say, New Super Mario Brothers. A side scrolling Mario game. That's. Yeah, it's just right. classic Mario. Right. Oh, it's, I mean, the cl- don't get me wrong. The classic Mario. Oh, it's good. Are, like are you, I, I know, I know. Yeah. You played yeah. a lot oh, of the yeah. classics, yeah. but but like, just think of today. Right. No, I. You have Super Mario Odyssey, or you have like a new Super Mario Brothers for Switch. Right. Which one yeah. are you? Are you? Yeah, buying? I'm gonna go with probably. The, I'm gonna easily go with Odyssey. Yeah, and you yeah. probably and, and you know the, that's the thing. You didn't say, "Oh, I'm gonna get both." No, you're, you're not. Right. I mean, I, it's not that I wouldn't. No, no. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, if right. somebody, like, I got it for you for a present. You'll right. play oh, it. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. Play, but it's not something you're like, I'm going to go buy it. Yeah, it's not something I need to go buy. And, and I think Ma- that's the Odyssey, way you're going to be. Odyssey is something that seems like it's something I need to go buy. Yes. Because it's going to be, it, you know, it has that feel of the sun, su- sunshine and 64 kind of. It's got the feel of classic 3D open world platformers. Right. Which, there aren't really a lot of those anymore. And it's really weird when the genre vanished because it kind of vanished a little bit around the play, the N6, kind of the GameCube, PlayStation 2 era. It kind of started fading away. And I never really understood why because they were some of the most popular oh, for sure. games during the prior generation. So it was really weird. Some of it was that obviously the people that make them, like Nintendo, Sunshine didn't do as well, so they kind of took mm-hmm. a break. And then you had, uh, what was it, uh, Rare got bought by Microsoft and then they just, for some reason, made a really crappy Banjo-Kazooie game. And Don't even remind me of that. Killed off any oh, possibility of God. them continuing. Oh, why did you <laughs> even bring that up? <laughs> but but see, Sonic has had a lot of crappy 3D attempts at 3D yeah. platforming stuff, and it's still alive. And that's yeah. why that's why I said it's like Metroid, where Metroid has had high quality games. I know some people argue if Other M is good or not. I think it's fantastic, but whatever. It has had consistently pretty high-quality games, but it's in a niche genre that can't get more popular than it really is versus Sonic that can have a Mario-like effect. Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. get up to 8, 10, 15 million if it's really dang good. Uh, and they just haven't been there. It's almost like Mega Man. Like Mega Man 9, they released that as a digital download way back in the day. Uh, not even way back, maybe, was it five years, eight years ago? I don't remember. It, it, it was a little bit ago, but it was like last generation. And it was them returning, to, it was literally a classic Mega Man, new levels, new, new this Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. And that sold extremely well. Oh, yeah. Because people liked Mega Man. 
Yeah. They didn't just didn't like what they did with it after Mega Man X. <laughs> right. Mega Man X was fantastic. Oh yeah. A couple games you know that were based on Mega Man X were fine. Then they started straying from the formula, trying to make it a three D thing and it just yep. didn't work. Yeah. And that's kinda of what happened with Sonic, I feel is Lost Worlds was great. But in general, 3D Sonic games haven't necessarily worked that well. Uh-huh. And I think that's why I'm so excited about Sonic Forces is because it's them going back to what made the series great in the first place, recognizing uh-huh. what made the series great. And if they do explore some 3D stuff, maybe they'll take some lessons from games that have done it. Like when people are like, oh, well, so, well Sonic, Sonic Generations or Sonic Colors or whatever was good. And it's like, but why was it good? It was a 2D side-scrolling Sonic game. <laughs> yep. I mean... Why was Mega Man 9 great? Because it was classic Mega Man side-scrolling awesomeness. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's... I think Sonic Forces has a chance to blow up. I, I definitely don't think it's a game that you'd be into as much. Like, I, I think if Sonic 06 would have been awesome, yeah, you might have started buying more into Sonic because yeah. you would have been like, look at 3D platforming. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Gotta go fast in 3D platforming? Like, right. sweet. Yeah. Uh, but Chili Dogs, <laughs> the old cartoon series, were probably yeah, into yeah, more, right. than, yeah. more than right. the actual games. But I, I think Sonic Forces is a game that is setting itself up very nicely to hit with old school Sonic fans, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm hoping that, and I think this is always the great hope for all Sonic games, is that it lives up to the expectations it's setting for itself now, because this feels like this is almost a franchise revival game, mm-hmm. um, and it feels feels weird saying that because they've been Sonic games, but we all know it hasn't been doing well, hasn't been healthy, uh, when. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games are outselling Sonic games. It's a problem. Because Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games isn't exactly like huge sellers. They, they sell enough to exist, but it's not, we're not mm-hmm. talking about Mario Kart numbers here. You know? Mm-hmm. Where right. Mario Kart sells so well, you can, you know, it does outsell several Mario games sometimes. But, man, I have high hopes. Um, and maybe it's just because I, I, I'm still really into the 2D side. There's a ton of 2D side scrollers. Yeah. Um, but, and part of it is because of Nintendo, when they brought new Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario with U, blah, 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 brought all those games out. They were so good, and Mario Maker is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm really into this side-scrolling thing right now, I think, is just kind of the way it is. And because I liked Sonic when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't own a Genesis till a little later, but I, I played the, the first couple Sonic games, loved them. I, I played everything up until Sonic 06, and then that, <laughs> that kind of turned me off. And, yeah. and I, I've played Sonic games since, but it's just... I've always felt like Sonic is missing something, and this almost feels like it has that something. Now, here's the catch. It's like when they say there's a Zelda cycle with fans about how, oh, they love a game when it first comes out, then they slowly start hating it, start hating it, start hating it, start start talking about how the prior game that they were hating on is now better and amazing compared to the newer game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it runs and repeats when a new game gets announced, and yada, 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 yada. Well, it's almost like there's a Sonic cycle as well, where... This Sonic cycle isn't actually a fan base. It's actually well, it's a little bit of fan base, but it's it's based on Sega. They first show the game, they tease it, they tease it, tease it. Looks good, looks good. Everyone starts buying the hype a little bit. They're like, oh man, this is the good Sonic game. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out and it's like, oh shit. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> like that's what happened with Sonic Boom. Yeah. Because Sonic Boom was made was pubbed that it was being made by people at Big Red Button who are former Naughty Dog developers. What does the audio make? Some of those popular games in the world. The Last of Us, Uncharted. Mm-hmm. You know, like they make massive, huge Sony games that have this huge appeal, and you just see, like, dude, yes, it's a very different type of game from what they're making, but we're talking about people that know what they're doing, right? Yeah. And it turns out they didn't know what they were doing. Um, so 
that's always the thing. Like, we're going to get hyped and excited. I just hope it doesn't have that letdown. Because I think if it does, especially if this game is more focused on side-scrolling than the 3D 3D platforming aspect, it might I, be worry. I, I don't think it's going to be it. Or... I don't think there's ever it for Sonic. Yeah. But... It's going to be close to fork time for Sonic. It's going to be like Metroid. It's going to be like, mm, we're putting it on a shelf for a while. Yeah. Because Metroid, again, we haven't had a new game since Other M. What was that back in 2011? Maybe was, maybe it was 2010. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know when we're getting a new Metroid game. I mean, yes, we have Metroid Federation Forces, but do Metroid fans really want me talking about that game? <laughs> that wasn't exactly a good re- I think it's, it's a good game. It really is. But, like, I think if there had been a Metroid game announced, it would have been received a lot better. But, uh I I do want to also twist this into something that I, I did not put on the topic sheet, but it just came to my head because we were talking about Sega. Mm-hmm. Sega put up a, a, a race to, or plans to 2020 or, or race to 2020 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, some sort of plan that clearly is everything's building up to 2020. And the idea is that they are trying to refocus the company on their core IPs and bring back a lot of dead franchises that they have in their core library nice. that they haven't seen, that have just haven't been over. They literally say, like, our plan is to revive these games and revive them across the spectrum, whether it's on mobile, whether it's on, you know, PC or consoles, whatever. Whatever way they best feel. Like, there'll be some franchises in the past that really might not make sense as a full AAA game today, and there'll be some franchises, like, say, the Knights franchise, that makes sense bringing back as, as, a, as another 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... What's interesting here is they also released three videos that show, uh, I don't want to say a rebranding, but almost like trying to create a new image for Sega. So one of them is showing, like, I guess probably what they're going to start using in commercials a lot more in the future for future games. It's it, it's an eyeball um, animation like of a person's face with Sega in the eye, kind of like as, as like a reflection thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, looks, it actually looks really sick. Yeah, and it's like okay, so so in that they're kind of turning like okay, Sega's back to like, like this is a very like, we're a badass kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, not the not the who you put your touch Sega, yeah. Like the no. thing is like it, it's cute for kids. It is, it, it is. is cute for kids, um, but it, it's kind of like one of those like ah, if you're gonna do that, bring, bring back the bring classic. Back, yeah, I know. I say that nostalgia. I know. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Newer yeah. generation is not gonna give a crap about the old Sega. Yeah, not gonna care. But. Um, <laughs> again, I, 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 folks, I'm well aware it's just a bygone era, and new people, new generation people don't give a crap. They're going to be like, that was crappy sound quality, and who cares? But yeah, they may be right. They, they, they probably it, it, are right. It, it, I know it's a total nostalgia thing. It is. Uh, but anyways, they also went to a making of video where they show the making of, uh, of, that, of that whole thing because it's, it's a real person's face. Um, and how, how they made that all work. And then they go into some deep details behind the company with one of their uh, key people behind one of their long-lost IPs. Um, and just kind of, it just looks all ominous and all uh, foreboding of a fantastic, epic comeback for something. Doesn't t- doesn't tell you what it is. Um, and then another one that's more like a traditional ad that just looks like a badass ad for Sega. And I think it's interesting because Sega... Out of all the companies that exist in the gaming world, I feel like Sega has probably had the hardest fall from grace. Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about its mascot, Sonic, hasn't been relevant 
with a good game for twenty plus years. Like, right. okay, that's a, okay. That's not to say good, a, a great, like a, a, an absolutely fantastic yeah. instant yeah. classic game. Right, right, right. Like yep. Mario has had it. It had it with Super Mario Galaxy. Yep. Okay. Yep. It hasn't had it in the last generation. You know, 3D World didn't really be at that instant classic, but it feels like they're going to do it again with Super Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. You know, Zelda just did it again with Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah. Like, like you know, Sony did it with Uncharted. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, I'm trying to. Like, Microsoft did it with Master Chief for a while. We'll see what they have. They have coming now because the, the last few Halo games haven't really hit. Mm-hmm. Like hit as hard. So right. you know, but again, Microsoft has probably got something up their sleeve. For Scorpio, that might just say, you know, bam, Scalebound sounded like it might be it. Yeah. But they got canned, and now there's rumors out there it actually might be coming back under a different studio. <laughs> Microsoft re-upped the licensing for it, so we'll see. It. Why would you re-up the licensing for an IP that doesn't exist anymore if you're not doing something with it? Uh, apparently, apparently, the reason it got canned is there was issues with development at Platinum. And it feels weird because Platinum Games in Japan's really damn good development. They're the ones that made Bayonetta. Bayonetta 2, yeah. like... Like, with the wonderful 101, they make fantastic games. But apparently there was issues with it. So whatever, Microsoft had to pull the plug. Or maybe they didn't pull the plug. Maybe they just moved it to a different studio. Right. We'll see. But, but the point I'm making is that of all the big companies out there, there's always that thing that just hits. And with Sega, they haven't had a lot of megaton hits since they got out of the console race. Now, they they did have games that sold well. You know, I, I think one of their major IPs right now is a PC, the PC-exclusive Total War franchise, and that's made by, I think, I think it might be made by Creative Assembly, um, which is a subsidiary of Sega, so it's not even Sega's main studios doing it, per se. It's just the studio they own. It's kind of like Nintendo with Retro Studios. Yeah. Retro Studios made Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Fantastic game, but there's some people that, to this day, won't credit Nintendo 100% for it, and they call it a second-party game, even though it's technically a first-party because it's a Nintendo studio, Right. but Nintendo right. bought the studio. They didn't found the studio. Right. Um, so that that's kind of where people get into that whole first-party versus second-party. First-party is where the console maker founded the, the studio that made it versus bought the studio that made it. Uh, anyways, so... I'm really interested in this Sega thing because, one, they, they obviously have a huge stable of IP. They used to be a console company. They, mm-hmm. they have a ton yeah. of, of exclusive IP that they just haven't used in forever um, for a lot of various reasons, lots of money. They, you know, they focused on the games that were selling when they went, went to become a game company, a game-making company only. Uh, I'm excited a little bit. Now, I was not a Sega kid growing up. I was on that playground arguing that Nintendo over Sega, Nintendo over oh, Sega. Oh, yeah. Um, and again, I know I put up a video on console wars didn't matter, but I, I was a kid once. I bought into that stuff, and only oh, yeah, as an adult yeah. now I realize sure. how stupid that was. Um, but so I was a Nintendo kid. Obviously, I run Nintendo Prime. If I was a Sega <laughs> kid, I'd probably run Sega Prime or something. Yeah. Um, or I would have kept to- to- uh, Shogun Total Gaming alive because I loved yeah. I loved yeah. the Total War series. But and at the time, it wasn't even called the Total War series. There was only Shogun. Yeah. <laughs> so Shogun Total War. Right. So it was like Shogun Total Gaming. Yep. I don't know why I'm using a Japanese Shogun thing. I could just call it Total Gaming. Nope. Maybe, yep. uh, maybe Total. Nope. I think I actually was going to call it Total Gaming, but uh, someone, I think that, that domain name was taken. Taken, or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, moving on to stuff that matters. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that's actually Are you, semi-relevant. I, I just sat here explaining all this stuff about Sega and, and kind of what they're trying to do and their road to 2020. Um, are you excited? And I know you know, you weren't a Sega guy. I played more Sega games than you. Right, I didn't know Sega. Um, I did play some. Uh, I I'm excited to see what they have uh, coming forward. Just to you know what they have in their back pocket, what they're gonna go. Hey, remember this? 
hey, remember this? And now have especially games. if it's good. Yeah, well, yeah, for and sure. The thing is, Sega does have some good games. I mentioned Total War. I think they mentioned in this road to 2020 that right now their company's been kind of focused around five IPs, and these five IPs have generally been really high quality games that they've been focusing on. With Total War, I think the I don't know. I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm not going to say it. I'm about to say a game that I think is Sega, but I'm not sure. See, here's the thing. That's how far Sega's kind of fell out, where, like, even the games that are Sega, so, like, if I say, hey, Eric, what's what's popular Sega franchise today? You'd be like, well, yeah. Sonic, yeah. Total War, yeah. and what? Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, well, they have a few others, but... Mm-hmm. You just don't know them, because, especially if you've been a Nintendo person, because they haven't been on Nintendo platforms very much. Mm-hmm. So, as we push forward, I'm excited because this is a company that has obviously made enough money in the past you know, decade, two decades, where they can now say, look, we're looking to expand. We're, we're in an industry now where everything's shrinking. Just AAA studios are closing. People aren't getting paychecks at places like Crytek, and it's causing issues, and people, you know, not knowing what to do with their families. And here's a company in Japan, in Sega, this that originally downsized and had to go down to just software only, and then down to just a, a handful of select IPs that are selling well for them to being like, hey, look, we think we could be a massive player, the likes of Ubisoft, the likes of EA, the likes of even Nintendo or even Sony's output, where they're like, we think we can make a comeback with our hardcore stable of IP and become this behemoth in the industry again. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just this company that makes, yeah, we have a handful of good games, but you know they come out every few years, but whatever. you know. Right. Um, and they're not forgetting those, the, the, those titles. They're still making Total War, you know, Total, the Total War Warhammer that came out like a couple years ago. Fantastic! It might be the best Total War game that's ever released. Really? Even if you don't like Warhammer, that's how good it is. That Warhammer and the Total War IP mixed so well together, and mm-hmm. how that game functions. Hmm. Um, I even think there's a, there's now going to be a Total Warhammer two uh, coming out. The thing is, I've never been big in the Warhammer. I, I did play their Warhammer Online game for a little while, the MMO. Um, it was good, but uh, it didn't grip me like World of Warcraft did. Right. Still, I am really really excited. About what's happening with Sega? Hmm. Um, and, and maybe it's because I played a little more like one game I'll always remember on the Genesis I don't even know if this is a Sega game but I don't remember playing it on any other platform Rampart oh yeah love that game you guys want to talk about tower defense games this was a tower defense game basically <laughs> okay you had your little castle you built it with like pieces that looked like out of straight out of Tetris um, <laughs> and you had oncoming ships coming to blow up your castle and I think it was ca- taking out the fort. I think they were trying to get to the fort, shoot at the fort. And throughout the game, you get moments where you finally took out all the ships and you get a moment to rebuild, but your rebuild was based on how successful you were. So, like, how many ships did you take out? How many shots did you take out? So, how many cannons you get? What pieces right. you get to build? Right. And you don't ever know necessarily what your next piece is going to be. So, if you get a piece that looks really funky, how am I going to place that? Because you need to enclose the area in order to build cannons in there. Um, a really, really fun game. I loved it. And got stolen. I think I know who took it, but that's yeah. another story for another yeah, time. Yeah. It's another story you guys will probably never hear about. <laughs> um, but if they own like the rights to that, I would love to see like a series like that come back. Um, I'm I'm just excited by the prospect of, of Sega being like, look, we want to be a major player again. We think we have the financial backing to do it. We already have some successful IP. Here's an example. Right. Uh, and I think if Sonic, because that's always been like their centerpiece, right? right? right Sonic yep. was the centerpiece of Sega's glory days. Even on the Game Gear, Sonic was the best game on Game Gear. Oh, so, well, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. 
it was good. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, that yeah. Was, Sonic was still great then. Right. Um, so I think... That is actually the one Sonic game that I actually owned. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic game. So it's one of those things where I think if this Sonic Forces game hits huge this year, that's their first step mm-hmm. of pillaring into bringing back their past in new ways. Um, so I, I, hope it, I hope it goes well for them. I do too. I mean, I, I'm not pre-ordering Sonic Forces now. I need to play demo. I need to see more of it. I need to know right. more. But I am on board for Sega trying to become a major player again. And becoming a major player in a way that, well, hopefully, you know, they continue to bring all the stuff to Nintendo. Obviously. That, yeah, that's yeah, obviously my yeah, hope. Yeah, but sure. if they bring it to Xbox, whatever, PlayStation, uh, yeah, right. PC, I'll, I'll get it wherever if they're good. Yeah. Like, I, I just like good games. Oh, for sure. And if Sega's going to get back into the good game territory, mm-hmm. I am... Oh, Oh, baby. Just imagining a, a time in the future where Nintendo is hitting on all cylinders, Sega is hitting on all cylinders, Sony's hitting on all cylinders, Microsoft's hitting on all cylinders, uh, Steam and Valve, if they ever decide to release new games, starts hitting on all cylinders, yeah. which, again, that's the more far-off yeah. dream is that yeah. Valve starts making games again Yeah. instead of just focusing on Steam and making money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Games make you money too, you know. You yeah, remember right? that, yeah, like yeah. the Steam platform. The only reason it got popular is because you forced people to get it with Half Life Two. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just telling you, your games are why Steam mattered in the first place. So let's, yeah, let, let's get on that valve. Right. Uh, right. It, it's one of those things where just imagining where all the main pillars of gaming, even EA and Ubisoft, say they all are just hitting on everything. Yeah. Imagine the world of AAA gaming we could live in. Oh, I know. That'd be just absolutely nuts. Uh, it's a world that I don't know if it's what, really what, even existed. What are we? Back in the 90s? Back in the 90s plus. Plus, yeah, right. Microsoft exactly. wasn't yeah. part of that. Well, right, exactly. You know, uh, I don't think Ubisoft was as big back then. Right. Like, like, and, and yes, I know there is. Some people wanted me to talk about this week, the Vivendi trying to buy out Ubisoft thing. It doesn't sound like it's happening, folks. Sounds like the price might be too high. Yeah. You can thank Ubisoft for that because Ubisoft went ahead and just made a ton of money in the past year, making their stock prices jump way high, <laughs> which made Vivendi... Mm, potentially unable to purchase a majority stake yeah. and, and, and take over. Uh, and people, the people that, that are all, you know up about that is Vivendi did the same thing to Activision. Um, Activision eventually made enough money to buy all the shares back, but it was mm-hmm. one of those things where when Vivendi took control, that's kind of when things started becoming annualized and people felt like quality started dropping. Yeah. Um, and they were worried about having that happen with Ubisoft. You know, where, yeah, they took a break with Assassin's Creed, but now we're going to get two Assassin's Creed games a year. We're going to get... You know, watchdogs every single year. We're gonna start getting stop getting new IPs and just start focusing on core franchises and just getting them out really, really fast. Yeah, and uh, then which affects quality. quality. Yep. Yeah. So, um, and again, Ubisoft already has some issues with that, but lately they've they've been doing a little better. Uh, the Division came out. You know, I know that it's not one of their biggest games, but it was pretty good. Uh, watchdogs Two was fantastic. Uh, you know, they're bringing out Rayman Legends again, the definitive edition. That that's always gonna be fun. <laughs> so again. I, I just want to see an industry where everyone's hitting good because it's good for us. Oh, for sure. Variety in life and spice and different development teams being really, really good is just good for everyone. And, man, Sega, outside of a handful of IPs, hasn't been that level since the 90s. Oh, yeah. Let's bring it back, Sega. Yeah. I, I wish you luck. I hope you pull it off. Yeah. I want yeah. you. I want to want your games. Mm-hmm. Well, besides Sword of War, I always want Total War. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big sucker. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to do it for this week's podcast, I think. Yeah, I think so. We got, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Ninty Prime. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Nate Jantz. Uh 
If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, any fan topics, you can always email those to Nathan at NintendoPrime.net. Or you can talk about it down in the comments on this video or on the on the site. You know, I read all, all of it. Like, I'm, I'm one of those crazy people. I read all of the dang YouTube comments, which... If people know that, that can give you, like, cancer, I think. I think it's a medically yeah, proven fact possibility. that you can get cancer from reading all the comments. I read all the comments on social media as well. It's almost like a full-time job just to read comments, but I, I can't help it. I, I like – one thing I like at Nintendo Prime is just being kind of personal with the fans. Oh, and, for sure. And, and being part – I don't want to ever feel like we're up here and you're down here. Right. Like, no, we are with you. Yeah. We're not voices for you. We are our own voices. But we are fans along with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not always going to want the same things. We're not always going to have the same opinions. But I, I definitely don't want people thinking, like, oh, we're up here and you're not. Yeah, this is hopefully a place of good discussion. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Well, you can maybe, maybe hit our discussion. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that being said, yeah, right, right. Uh, if you know you like this video, you like this podcast, subscribe up to our YouTube channel. Uh, and if you don't, then I don't know what you're even doing here. I guess oh. we'll, we'll never see you again, huh? No. It's <laughs> nice knowing you. It, thank you for watching this one. It, it, yeah. it, it's better going, folks. Ho- oh, you know, one thing I do want to mention. Yeah, what's up? I've been putting it in our video version, but I don't ever talk about it. We have a Patreon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and obviously the Patreon's not quintessential to necessarily anything. We've obviously been making this happen without it. Uh, but... It is something that I feel is essential to have these days. Not just because YouTube ad revenue is down and, and, and ad revenue on websites is down and yada, yada, yada. And I don't make enough money. Oh. It's that projects like ours primarily exist because of fans. Mm-hmm. If we don't have an audience, there's no point in doing this. If right. we exactly. don't have, if, if we don't have support from fans, there's no reason for us to even exist. And, we, in trying to provide entertainment value, trying to provide discussion and thought-provoking things to you folks, it is something that we feel fans at times want to show appreciation for in a way that directly helps us continue to do what we do. Um, and there's things that help us continue to do what we do. Like, E3 is next month, and we'll have a pre-show, we'll have a post-show, but it's probably going to be just me. You're not going to ask off work at your other job. No. But if... Our Patreon was suddenly making fifteen hundred dollars a month, and I'd be like, "Eric, dude, you take off work, I could pay eight hundred bucks for the week." Mm-hmm. That's something you'd be like, "Okay, well, that's actually." It, it, I hate saying times money, but it's like we hate, we need to make money. Right, right, exactly. Um, yeah, and I do do Nintendo Prime for a living right now, so you know, well, how long I can continue to do that without having to have another job, I don't know. But it, it's one of those things where you're supporting us through Patreon, which, by the way, it's Patreon.com/slash Nintendo Prime. Oh, yep, slash Nintendo Prime. It helps support what we do and allow us to do more like people who want us to have a third a third in-person guest i guarantee you i would work extremely hard to make that happen and make the time for that person worthwhile and get all the proper equipment to have a third mic set up and a proper mixing board and better lighting and maybe we get this whole heck of a thing out of my office and a better place (laughs) um you know there's so many things we could do if we had your support right now this is just what i can afford what i do and the thing is you guys never have to pay i'm never gonna say you need to pay us anything oh yeah you don't need to buy any of the merchandise we might might post you don't need to uh, support us on Patreon at all. I'm going to continue to make content 100% for free, whether or not this is my full-time job or not. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Uh, the, obviously, when it's no longer my full-time job, there will be less of it, but we're still going to continue it. 
And I just want to stress this to people that do like to support their favorite content makers that, hey, there's a way for you to do it if you are interested in that. I'm not suggesting that we are nearly worth your money or nearly popular enough or whatever, but that's not for us to really determine at the end of the day. It, it, that's up to you guys. So, no, I'm not e-begging. I'm just saying if you would like to support us, there is a way to do it. Right. And we appreciate, I think we have two backers right now. And we make like three bucks a month, you know, we're so, we're, we're living that rich life. Oh, yeah. Um, Making it rain. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I do, I'm very thankful to whoever those two backers are. I haven't seen them comment or anything yet, so I'm not 100% sure who they are. But uh, thank you for backing. And if more of you guys like to back, you're more than welcome to it. If you don't, oh, well. Yeah. Life, if you enjoy the Life content. moves on. Enjoy the content. You know? Yeah. Enjoy the content. We're going we're gonna to be here every week, hopefully. <laughs> unless, I, unless something bad happens hopefully yeah. nothing bad happens something yeah, always right. happens I swear yeah, you don't really need to <laughs> stop talking now <laughs> right I jinx it like me losing a Madden four Super Bowls in a row alright so thanks for joining us on the Nintendo Prime Podcast as always you folks have a good one later